We're, we're so glad everybody's here this morning, and we welcome our visitors. Uh, I, I don't really like the word visitor. New friends. Yes. Amen. 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 We welcome our new friends. And uh, I apologize a little bit, but there's some business I'd like for us to take care of this morning. And, and uh, I'm talking to our, our main folks, and uh, I want to... I want you to turn to a scripture or two and let me set this up properly. In Acts, the sixth chapter, if you'd turn there, and 1 Timothy 3. Acts 6 and 1 Timothy 3. There's some things that I've had on my heart that I want us to do as a church, and uh, I need your participation in this. I need your involvement and help. I've had this on my heart for a long time, but it wasn't quite time for us to talk about it yet. In Acts, the uh, the sixth chapter, in the first verse, it talks about that there was a murmuring and complaining of one group against another in the church. Because people were neglected in the daily ministration. And the twelve called the multitude of disciples to them, verse 2. And they said, it's, the leaders said, It's not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look you out among you seven men full, excuse me, of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, who we may appoint over this business, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. So there came a, a point in the church where uh, they needed some help and they needed some assistance, and they chose the people, chose individuals from among themselves whom the apostles appointed. Uh, the Bible says, the New Testament says, that we are to provide things honest in the sight of all men. Amen. Amen. And uh, you know that I've kept you current pretty much on what was going There hadn't been a whole lot going on financially except us paying the bills and uh, paying off the, the property. And I've, I'm keeping you every week I tell you about that. As a ministry, you know, More Life Ministries has existed uh, for a number of years. Phyllis and I have been in the ministry since uh, 1982. And I have a board of directors in More Life Ministries, and I have a board of advisors as well. And I, I've never set my own salary. They do it. And uh, anything that pertains to me, I don't do. And uh, so we, you know, legally we're, we're solid and every other way. I've always believed, though, that a church should be represented with some of its own. Do you understand that? And so I want you to select from among yourselves some individuals that we can consider and appoint in some positions of board of advisors concerning the church finances. And uh, we're not going to do it today, but I want you to be thinking about it and praying about it. Amen. 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 
And then at the appropriate time, it may be after the first of the year, because I know people are going to be in and out with holidays and that kind of thing. And, and maybe after the first of the year, we may have you write down a name or some names that you, uh, you would like to submit. Maybe we'll take them up in the offering when we take up the offering. And then we can look at these and pray over these and consider these. Do you see the principle in the New Testament here? They were selected, the people selected them from among themselves. And then the apostles uh, chose those ones and appointed them. And we're not necessarily going to try to have a lot of people in this. We're going to be we're going to move slow. And one reason I hadn't said anything about this till now is because we're just now getting to know each other. Yeah. We've only been here a few months. Now notice the, some of the qualifications here. He said, people of honest report. Got to be people that we believe are honest. Amen. Amen. And also, and you'll see this in just a moment in 1 Timothy, it, ha- it brings up the word good report. Yes. Need to be people that have a good reputation in the community. Amen. People that are well regarded and well respected. You understand? I'm not talking about a dozen people. And we may have a number of names, but we're going to select uh, maybe one or two and then maybe three. We're not going to rush in this. We're going to be led. Amen. Right? And these will be people who have uh, uh, access and, and will be privy to some of the details of the information and will represent you as a congregation in uh, some of these things. And then anything in the future that pertains to anything the church does for us they will be in position to submit and to vote on it and that kind of thing. Everybody clear on this so far? Everybody say honest report. Next thing says full of the Holy Ghost. (laughs) They need to be spiritual, don't they? Not just carnal. Need to be spiritual. And what's the next thing say? And wisdom. Now wisdom has to do with the future. And so we, we need people who, who are, can be people of vision, right? People who have some wisdom about some business things, that's true, but also that they need to have, they need to be visionaries. They can't be people that just think, well, good, this is good enough, and, and they can't be people of small, narrow vision, because we like to think big and talk big, Amen. And I don't want somebody's going to faint and fall off their chair if I say we're going to do something that costs a million dollars, huh? Anybody with me? You know what I'm saying? Because we'll just have to revive them and they'll have to get over it. (laughs) Uh, Go with me to 1 Timothy, the third chapter. First Timothy and three, he gives the qualifications for bishops, which is also the qualifications for pastors and our overseers. It's a leadership qualification. And he talks about what kind of individual that they should be. Verse seven. Well, let, me, let me read verse six too. He says, not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. It uh, doesn't need to be somebody that got saved yesterday, right? We thank God for the folk that got saved yesterday. 
but it needs to be somebody that has a, at least a little maturity about them spiritually. Uh, lest he be lifted up with pride and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must have a good report. Everybody say good report. Good report, good report of them which are without, lest he fall into reproach and snare of the devil. Likewise must the deacons be grave, not double-tongued, not given to much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre. So... Uh, uh, when he says likewise, all the previous qualifications that applied to the pastors and leaders apply to the deacons. The word deacon means attendant. Somebody who attends somebody else and ministers to and for them. Attendant or minister, server. And uh, he goes on to talk about how they need to be proven and how they need to have their home life together and... Uh, their children and that kind of thing. So uh, I want you to keep all these things in mind when you think about this. And I want you to be looking around. They need to be people who are, they live here in this area and that they're faithful. They've been here and they give. Did you hear me? And that they, they're respected in the community. They have a good rapport in the community. Are you with me? So think about these things and pray about them. And at the appropriate time over the course of the next few weeks, I'll say, okay, today I want you to, to write down some names and, and put them in the offering plate. And then we'll take those and we'll pray over them. And then uh, uh, we will present these to our my existing board. And uh, we'll have to approve them. They'll have to approve them. And then the people themselves have to be willing to say, yeah, I'll serve on this, on this board in the church. Amen. Amen. Is that okay? Yes. I want you to be thinking about this, praying about this with me. Because we're going to, now you know, we're legal just the way we are. But I've always believed, I know of ministries and churches that have no uh, local representation on their boards. And I've always felt that the church should be represented. Amen. Amen from people among themselves. And so that's the way we're going to do it here as the Lord leads us. Can you say amen? amen. Uh, if you want to, read over these qualifications again. When you're thinking about it, read in Acts 7 about what kind of men and, 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 and women that they're talking about. And read in 1 Timothy 3 about what kind of individuals, what kind of qualifications that they're talking about and remember there needs to be somebody not somebody that's here once every six months somebody that's here that's that's been here that's faithful that gives do you know the only only written record we have of your attendance is your giving <laughs> did you know that I mean the only other thing I could do is pass out a roll <laughs> have you sign it or call attendance and we already take up enough time with every other kind of thing. So now, you know, and it's good to be, be faith. You ought to give even if it's a small amount, right? And just show your faithfulness. You know, if you just give a dollar or whatever, then you said, I was there and I care. Right? I'm, I'm here. I'm hooked. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. All right. Well, that's, that's what I wanted to say to you first. Would you turn to Proverbs then this morning? And let's get ready to get into the, the message I have on my heart. Proverbs, the 14th chapter. Proverbs 14 and then 
Let's go ahead and find Revelation 3 while we're looking. Proverbs 4, excuse me, yeah, 14, excuse me. That's what I said first time, that's right. Proverbs 14, Revelation 3. Everybody happy this morning? Good. Everybody awake? I believe you are. Proverbs 14 and Revelation 3. You know, Phyllis was talking about help. And uh, when, while you're praying about these uh, individuals that we're going to place on a, a board in the church, uh, be believing with us just in general and praying just in general about help. We, we need quite a bit of help in the church here. Uh, my staff has been doing two and three jobs and, I, and I'm thankful for their loyalty and faithfulness, but they, they shouldn't have to do that perpetually, right? We've got to replace that uh, with people, solid people out of the church. And there's so many things that I want us to do and we need to do, and I wish we were already doing, but we've got to have the right people Amen. to oversee things and do things. Got to have the right, and got to have the equipment, got to have the money. So believe with us, all right? Pray with us, for us, that we'll, uh, we'll hook up with the right uh, people and the right ability and the right stuff, and we'll, we'll let you know as soon as we get direction. Uh, I think you, you're seeing this about me, but I've got to hear from God before I step out. You know, I don't care what's available. I don't care what's a good idea. If I hadn't heard about it, if I hadn't got it straight inside, I'm not going to move. Because I've learned that I don't know enough up here to work it out. I've got to have some direction in here. And no matter how much you need something, no matter how much you want something, or how anxious you are to do it or get it done, if you don't have it, the direction, you don't have it. And I'm uh, over the course of the rest, end of this year and end of the next year, I'm going to uh, give myself to some extra prayer. I'm going to do some fasting and wait on the Lord some extra and I'm asking you, as the Lord leads you, pray for us along these lines. Amen. And, and, and claim with me the direction, the plan, the people, the stuff, the money. Amen. And then let's just have a general faith that we'll do it. Amen. We'll have it. We'll get it. We'll get it. Don't We don't have to see it all in a week. We'll get it, though. Amen. We're here for the long haul, are you? For the duration. We don't see it by next week. That's all right. We'll get it. We don't see it all by the end of the month. That's all right. We'll get it. God is faithful. Can you say amen? amen. Proverbs 14. Are you there? You beat me. I was a talking. Proverbs 14. Then we're going to Revelations 3. Let's pray before we get into this. Father, thank you so much for being so good and so kind to us. Your blessings are so rich. Thank you that we can come and praise you. Thank you for our freedom. Thank you, Lord. Uh, we thank you for the victory 
that we that was won for this country that was celebrated yesterday, uh, that the thing that was initiated from the attack on Pearl Harbor and, and the subsequent battles, and we thank you that that didn't go the wrong way. We thank you that you've given us freedom, and in subsequent challenges and and battles, you've given us victory after victory. And we have freedom in this country, and we have freedom in our souls. We have freedom in our spirits. Thank you for the Word. Thank you for your spirit. We give you the glory and praise. Give everybody eyes to see right now and ears to hear right now and speak to us. We're believing to hear from you right now. And we're not, faith, we're not forgetful hearers, but by your grace, we are and shall be doers. In Jesus' name, amen. You know I like to say it. Say it aloud again. I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. Praise God. Well, we've had praise and worship and two or three sermons already. And we still got time. Hallelujah. Proverbs 14. Are you there? And verse... 25, Proverbs 14, 25 says, A true witness delivers souls, but a deceitful witness speaks lies. See that first phrase especially begin, A true witness delivers souls. Everybody say that out loud. How about it? A true witness delivers souls. Say it again. A true witness delivers souls. Now in Revelation, the third chapter, you see a description of our Master, the Lord Jesus. Revelation 3, 14 says, the angel of the Lord, or, or excuse me, to the angel or the messenger of the church of the Laodiceans, write, these things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. One of the titles of our Lord and Master is the faithful and true witness. He is the faithful and true witness. And you and I are to be faithful and true witnesses following after Him. And a true witness delivers souls. Hallelujah. How many know that you and I are called, appointed, and anointed to be witnesses? Are we? As a Christian, that's what we are called and appointed and anointed to be. Anybody remember Acts 1.8? In fact, just turn to it real quick. I could quote it, but, but turn to it. Acts, the first chapter. And the eighth verse. Acts 1.8, he says, But you shall receive power... After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall go a-witnessing at various times. Huh? 
from time to time, you shall go a witnessing. Huh? The church shall have at odd and various and sundry times witnessing programs and times. And you shall be involved from time to time. <laughs> huh? Now, there's a reason why I say that, though. Do you know the reason why I say that? Because so many Christians have the go-a-witnessing once-in-a-great-while mentality. Maybe. But no, we're not just called occasionally to go a-witnessing. We are anointed and appointed to what? Read it. You shall be witnesses. That's not something you does. That's something you is. You shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. It started at home. Right? Being a witness and then being a witness in a little bit further circle and then being a witness in your, in your city, being a witness in your county, being a witness in your state, being a witness in your country. Being a witness to the uttermost part of the earth. Everybody say, being a witness. Are you a witness? You are, if you're a Christian, you are to be a witness. You're called, you're appointed, and the Holy Ghost has come on you to anoint you, empower you to be. That's what the anointing's for. That's what the power's for. To be a witness. And this is not just something you do on the odd occasion. This is the way you are to live. How many believe you're to be a witness at home? How many believe you're to be a witness to your family, to your spouse, to your children? You know one individual who, who the Lord had used to reach millions around the world in evangelistic campaigns. Somebody was asking him. They said, uh, whose preaching did you come in under? He said, nobody's. It was ain't so-and-so's living. It was ain't so one of his aunts living. Well, she was being a witness. And it was affecting his life. And then his life affected millions in evangelistic outreaches. Never discount and talk negative about your impact on the world. If you are living as a, a true witness, everybody say true witness. As a true witness. See, that's the language that's used, isn't it? A true witness will do what? Deliver souls. Now, that, that doesn't mean you preach to everybody you see. We're talking about what you are, right? Didn't the Bible talk about our light shining? And people being able to see the light through us. True witnesses deliver souls. Now the Lord dealt with me about this. And then he dealt with me about the, one of the biggest challenges and problems we face in this area. And, and as it began to come up in my spirit, I saw it so clearly. I'm convinced. I've, I've thought this for a long time. And it's just because of the... Uh, uh, revelation and from the Lord about it, one of the biggest hindrances that I've seen from the Word and from some small experience 
from the, the people, millions, in darkness that are not seeing God and they're not seeing the gospel, one of the biggest hindrances to them seeing and getting to God is a false witness in the church. I said a false witness. We're to be what kind of witnesses? True witnesses. One thing you, you find about God, God is truth. There's absolutely nothing false about Him. No shred of falseness. Not an ounce of pretense or pretending our falseness, our hypocrisy is in God or in His Word or in His Spirit or in any of His things. He is reality. He is complete truth. And we do not represent Him unless we represent and live and speak truth. The least bit of falseness our hypocrisy about us taints our witness. The least bit. We have to be, we, we need to become completely intolerant of pretending and falseness and lies and hypocrisy. I said completely intolerant. Anybody say amen. You believe this? Yes. You understand that the, this thing is big. I mean, people falsely represent God. They, they say that God is a way that He's not. They, they tell that He did things that He didn't do. And they misrepresent Him. And that false witness drives people away from God. Amen. And then a false witness in our own lives, Christians' own lives, uh, trying to show something that's not true. So do you understand that there are millions of people who are using as an excuse not to be in church this morning? Well, they're all just a bunch of hypocrites. You know? And they watch people on TV or hear people on the radio or read it. Well, he's a hypocrite. They're a hypocrite. They're all hypocrites. And I can't stand a hypocrite. And so they, they feel like that, that's the reason that justifies them not even trying to serve God. And it doesn't. And yet, we could be reaching so many more people. If people could see reality in us. Amen. If they could see truth in people are so hungry. Are you kidding? I don't care what kind of facade people try to put on. People who don't know God, I don't care how successful they might think they are in the natural, how much money they've got, they're miserable. Don't, don't let them try to fool you. I don't care what they look like. They are miserable. You cannot be happy and satisfied without God. Impossible. The creation longs for the Creator. Amen. In our spirits, deep cries and calls unto deep. Amen. There's nothing that can fill us and satisfy us except knowing Him, being with Him, obeying Him, amen, doing His will. But see, the devil is a liar. 
isn't he? Rome, excuse me, John 8, down about verse 44 or so, says he is the father of lies. And when he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own. Over in 2 Corinthians, it talks about that his, the devil's angels transform themselves into angels of light. They're pretenders. They're deceivers. They're actors. And they try to act like that they're holy and try to act like they're beings of light and they're beings of darkness. Do you understand that God hates lying? He despises falseness and hypocrisy. And so must we. Hmm? What kind of witness delivers souls? A true witness. Do you have a desire to be a true witness? Go with me, would you please, to uh, uh, the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 6. I want to take some time and define hypocrisy. We don't, we're not pointing any fingers. We're not naming any names. We want to see to it that we don't have this in us. Right? I know from some small experience, uh, some people that the Lord has, has allowed us to minister to and to help, that again and again, they maybe they'd searched. I'm thinking of people right now. They got into New Age stuff. They tried this cult out. They tried that cult out. They tried the other. They tried this. They And they grew up in a traditional church. And after getting to God and, and being with us for a little while, they said, oh, man, I just saw reality. Amen. 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 And, man, that's music to my ears. Amen. 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 Reality. Not a bunch of pretend junk. Not a bunch of put on stuff. And, And there is such a problem in the church world with this. I'm not talking about a small isolated thing. There is a huge problem in the church with falseness. I was at a huge, not huge, a big conference uh, years ago, <clears throat> there were many ministers there. And I was looking around, glad to be there and seeing different people I knew and, and just, you know, wasn't talking to anybody, but just looking over the crowd. And the Lord spoke to my heart. I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but distinctly inside. He said, there's something in meetings like this that hinders me. I thought, hinders you? What, Lord? I don't mean I heard a voice now, but distinctly inside me. He said, it's people trying to be spiritual. Now see, he talks to you the way you understand. I knew what he meant. People trying to put on a facade of spirituality. And, and, and Christian, many Christians, many ministers are falling into the trap. Stand around, try to act like you know more than you know. and You've done more than you've done. And, you're in better shape than you are. And, huh? This thing is a wall between us and God. 
God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him how? In spirit and in truth. The least bit of hypocrisy and, and lying and falseness will be like a wall between you and God. You can, how many of you can't pretend with him? He knows. You, you can't get anything, but you can't act like it's this way and it's not. You might as well just bare your heart and fall on the floor and go say, God, here it is. <laughs> you know what it is. I know you know. And I'm not going to try to act like it's different. Everybody say reality. reality. Truth. A true witness delivers souls. People despise the ministry. They despise churches because of hypocrisy. Don't they? And a lot of it's deserved. There's a big swing in in this subject, but but one of it has to do with the holier-than-thou attitude. Isaiah, don't turn there, but Isaiah 65, 5, he talked about individuals that said, you stay over there and don't come close to me because I'm holier than you. The Lord says, these are a smoke in my nose. You ever had smoke go up your nose? That's not a blessing. God's, the, the Lord God said, these people who say, now you stay over there and you stay separate from us because I'm holier than you are. He said, these people are a smoke in my nose. And, and people are acting like they're living better than they are. And looking down their nose and judging other folk. And they don't have their life together. Did you hear me? Berating other people about their giving and their stewardship and their finances are a mess. Giving other people advice, telling you ought to run your family like this and their marriage is a disaster. This is not okay. I said, this is not okay. And I'm not saying that you can't have any challenges and problems. I'm just saying you don't pretend. You don't leave a wrong impression. You don't try to present things differently than how they are. You you damage your your witness when you do that. It is the way it is. Right? If it's not good, we'll believe God and change it. But we're not going to stick our head in the sand and play ostrich and pretend it's not that way. And we're not going to try to tell other people and act like that we know it all and we got it all together when it's taken all the faith we've got to to just make it. Hmm? You know, sometimes people do, even when they give a testimony, leaves the wrong impression. I mean, from listening to them, they just jumped up one morning and prayed a prayer and believed God and, and they slapped the devil sideways and claimed their victory and it was done by that afternoon. And they thought, why don't you straighten up and just believe God? And the truth is, they cried and begged and God had to prop them up five times and send 12 people by and had to have the preachers preach on it for six months to help get their faith. They almost quit three times and he helped them not quit. And it was just by the mercy and grace of God that they got it. 
Did you hear me? Well, then don't act like it was different. Tell the truth. Right? Everybody say true witness. Now let's look in, in Mark. Excuse me, what did I say? Matthew. That's where I want you to be. Six. Thank you. Matthew 6. And let's, let's define some of this because most people have made mistakes in these areas. And we're not judging. We're not pointing fingers. We're just saying let's identify this ugly stuff. Let's get it out. Matthew 6. Be hard to find Matthew 6 and Mark, wouldn't it? Matthew 6, uh, verse 1. Take heed, Jesus is talking here. Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Now here is, you'll see that phrase keep recurring throughout this whole passage, to be seen of men. This is the whole heart uh, that drives hypocrisy. To be seen of men, to be noticed, to leave a certain impression with people. He said, otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore when you do your alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say to you, they have their reward. When they would go out to give to the poor, maybe somebody begging on the street corner, they'd sound a trumpet. Da 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 da. Why? So that everybody would know. Rabbi so and so, teacher so and so, minister so and so is about to bless the poor. Da 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 da. Oh, he's a holy man. No, he's a hypocrite. Huh? Hypocrite. Now, you know, I wish we had a lot of time to get into this. Do you know how many people would not do a thing if nobody knew about it? Hmm? would not do a thing if they didn't get the appropriate tax credit for it? Would not do it? I've had people come to me before. You know, they're going to do great things for the ministry. And, uh, you know, they're going to do this and they're going to do that. If I did this or if... The moment they say that, I'm gone. You lost me. Why? This is the way I live. If the Lord deals with me to do something, I'm going to do it. Amen. Period. Amen. No matter what you do. That's right. If He told me to do something for you, He didn't tell me if they jump through hoops, if they do this, if they do that. If He told me to do it, then am I going to be obedient to Him or am I not? Right? And if anybody else tells me that they think, you know, the Lord's dealing with them to do it, well, it's up to you. You're going to obey God or not. That's between you and Him. Huh? And so if you're doing something, but it's based on other people knowing about it, you're a hypocrite. You're being hypocritical. 
The, the sincere man, the sincere woman, the true witness, they'll do the same thing where anybody sees it or whether they don't. Whether anybody finds out about it or whether they don't. They'll do the same thing. The true witness. He goes on to say, verse 5, when you pray, you shall not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues. Notice, not sitting down, not kneeling. People can't see you as good when you're kneeling down behind something. (laughs) Standing up and in the corners at the street, at the street corner praying. And I'm sure real loud. So folk can see you and so they can hear you. He's saying praying that they may be seen of men. For verily I say they have their reward. You know, it's amazing how many people, they want to help you. But it's only if it's on the platform. (laughs) You get a lot of people want to help you on the platform. (laughs) And we've had people sometimes, you know, they want to dance. That's great. I I dance. But they only want to dance in the front. (laughs) Well, see, something ain't right there. We tell them, help yourself. Go back in the back and just dance. And they're like, you're grieving the spirit. Well, maybe your spirit. (laughs) People want to do things, but they, you know, you you see if there's no audience, they don't want to do it anymore. That's hypocrisy. I said, that's hypocrisy. When you, you know, and sometimes people, you know, they're, well, let's pray, let's pray. And, and I'm thinking, I just prayed an hour before I left this morning. Well, let's pray right now. And a lot of these people, they, they don't pray themselves. They don't pray at home, and they're wanting to make up for all their lost time. <laughs> when they see you, <laughs> they're wanting you to do it for them and wanting to show off. You know, I, I taught in the Bible school at Rama for a number of years. And it was interesting, a lot of the, the first-year students, and I was one at one time, bless their hearts, and, and they, stay, you know, don't know much. And, and I saw a group standing around one time at the rec center, and they were, uh, they were trying to talk about a Bible subject. And it was so stiff, I just walked by it heard a word or two and I could tell they were so stiff they're like you could tell everyone each one was afraid the other one was going to find out that they didn't know what they was talking about and so they were like yeah 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 the scriptures say and yeah and they're trying and they, they, they couldn't say too much because they're afraid they'd misquote that scripture and they didn't remember where it's at so they're all standing around you know trying to be wise not realizing that you'd have a lot more fun and enjoy a lot more if you'd just say, I don't know where that verse is at. I, I, you know, for, I don't care who you are, how long you've been in the ministry, for every verse you can quote, there's scores you can't hardly find. I don't care who you are. Everything you think you know, the Bible says, if any man think he knows anything, he knows nothing yet as he ought to know. No, I mean the people who actually know something are acutely aware of how much they don't know. 
The ones who think they know a lot are the most ignorant of all. It's a fact. Watch it. The people who think they know the most. I've had people come to me before so cocky, such an attitude about, you know, they know so much about the Scripture. And it was pitiful how little they knew about the Bible. You ask them a simple question like, uh, well, well, I don't, I don't know the verse, but, but, you know, and they go, just, you know, it's bad to be dumb and not know you're dumb. That's, to not even have a clue how ignorant you really are. A wise man will keep his mouth shut when it gets to something that he doesn't, that he doesn't know anything about. The less you know about it, the quieter you should be. I'm going to say that again real slow. The less you know about a thing, the less you should say. Quieter you should be about it. And it is not an insult. It's not, no, nothing, you know, berating you for you to be able, people to say, what about this? And for you to look at them and say, I don't know. You know there are people who absolutely choke on those three words? I mean, they'll choke up before they'll say, I don't know. I've seen preachers, bless their hearts, they think that they have to maintain a facade that they know everything. Well, we already know you don't know everything. You might as well admit it. God knows you don't know everything. I've had people come to me before and they say, well, you know, Brother Keith, what, what about this? And they're asking me a question about eschatology or something about the writings in Daniel or something about one of the creatures in Revelation. And, and I said, I don't know. Remember, a student was asking me. And they said, oh, oh, come on. Sure you do. You just won't tell me. I said, no, I really don't know. They said, oh, you just don't want to tell me. I said, look, look me in the eyes. I wish I knew. But I don't know. I've had people say, I wish you'd tell me something, please. Just aggravate. I said, well, I don't know everything. If I know, I'll be glad to tell you. But there's a whole lot of things I don't know. And I've had the privilege of fellowshipping with some very spiritual people in my estimation. And they've told me numerous times, I don't know. They don't know. Even the great apostle Paul said, we know in part. That means there's parts you don't know. So just try it out for, for feel. Just see how you... Everybody said out loud, I, I don't, don't know. know. Try it again. Just so you're already comfortable with it before... So, say it out loud again. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to get past this, but I just can't quite see... Do you know that there are people you talk to and they act like they're an expert on everything? I mean, you're, anything you bring up and, oh yeah, they've seen it and they know all about it and, and they've done bigger and better and they've been further. Anything you bring up, oh yeah, yeah, I remember this. And they start talking and don't know a thing in the world about what they're talking about. No experience, no understanding, no, but, but just, oh yeah, 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 yeah. This hurts your witness. If you're that way in one area, it'll cause people to not respect you being a Christian. God is not this way. He's real. He's truth. People are supposed to see God in you. And to see God in you, they must see truth in you. 
they must see reality in you. Can you say amen? He goes on talking about this. He mentions other things and how many times people do things to be seen. Verse 16, he says, When you fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that you appear not unto men to fast, but unto your Father which is in secret, and your Father which sees in secret shall reward you openly. It's not just fasting, but people will come in, and you, you can tell something's wrong with them, and they're like, oh, what is it? Oh, I just got a lot on my heart today. I'm just praying and changing the world. I'm just really been putting my flesh. If people can look at you and tell that from looking at you, you're not doing it right. I'm serious. Jesus said, what do you do? What if you're really, I mean, you're doing some fasting. You're doing some serious seeking God. What do you do? If somebody else is going to see you, you get up. You wash your face. You dress yourself. You look good and you go out. And people can't just look at you and say, oh boy, they're really doing doing some business in the spirit. Huh? Okay. Y'all all right? Now, uh, <laughs> oh boy, John 5, help us, Lord. John, hold your place there in Matthew and go to John 5. Something that would just be music to my ears if I could hear the people in this town, in this community, and the people that come here say, Man, I tell you one thing about that faith life bunch. They're real. Not a bunch of hoopla and junk. Not a bunch of pretending and falseness. Fake spirituality and fake holiness. The real thing. Real thing. You know, everybody that I've ever been around that I consider to be truly spiritual, they are real people. And they don't try to... People who are secure are not always trying to put a front up. They can admit it if they made a mistake. They can admit it if they're wrong. They can admit if they don't know. Secure people can. Confident people can. And real people will. I had the, the privilege of serving with Dr. Kenneth Hagin for 20 years. And one of the first meetings he ever took me on, he's going to let me speak in the mornings. And I was so thrilled to be there. I mean, I felt almost overwhelmed. And we're riding to the meeting, big meeting, packed out. He and Miss Aretha, his wife, and Phyllis were in the back seat. For some reason, they put me in the front with the driver. We're going to the meeting. And I had learned enough to keep my mouth shut. And so I'm just sitting there being quiet thinking, just, you know, smiling like the cat that got the canary, you know, thinking, man, I'm in a good spot now. Glory to God. I'm riding with the man of God. Ooh, glory. About that, it was quiet in the car. About that time, he reached up and grabbed the back of the seat I was sitting in and just shook it. I mean, just shook it. And went, whoo, whoo, whoo. Just shook me. I mean, I'm shaking like this. Whoo. Man, it, you know, it'd wake you up. And, and he said, boy, did you feel that? 
talking to me. Boy, did you feel that? I thought, oh, God. Because <laughs> I, I didn't feel nothing but him shaking to see. <laughs> and I thought to myself, oh, here it is. Here it is. God, all come out. How, how insensitive and unspiritual I really am. I waited just a minute and I said, uh, no, sir. He said, me neither. <laughs> and you know, I thought many a time, many a time, I thought, now what if I'd have said, uh, 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 oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that you... Ooh, glory. See? Pays to be real. If you didn't get it, you didn't get it. If you didn't understand it, you didn't understand it. You don't have it, you don't have it. Right? Don't pretend. Say, don't pretend. Ever. We are to be witnesses, true witness, something we are. Every day, all the time, everywhere we go. And a big part of being a witness of God, a true witness, is a witness of truth. The, this word is called the word of truth. The Holy Spirit's called the spirit of truth. Truth is the, the essence of God. He is. Jesus said, I am the way, the what? The truth the life and the light. He's truth. Everybody say truth. truth. If you're a Christian, if you're like Him, you're going to be real. Amen. 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 Genuine. Yes, real. I, the Lord sent me to people before to minister to them. I mean, woke me up in the middle of the night, brought them to my heart and mind, gave me something to minister to them, gave me some help for them, and said, go see them. And I went to them and they wouldn't talk to me about it. Just keep pretending that it's not a problem. I don't want to embarrass them. It's not my place to say something that I shouldn't. And I don't want to just bring it up. I want them to bring it up and talk to me about it. And so I kind of skirted the issue a little bit and talked about this and tried to work the conversation around. And perfect spot for them to say, yeah, let's talk about this. And then, no, they won't talk about it. And then even deny that there's a problem. Well, you can't help people like that. The Lord sent me to help them. But they won't even admit that they got a problem. They won't admit that they need help. Or that they've messed up. You understand it's a wall between you and your help. It's a wall between you and God. And it's keeping other people, it's, it's, it's helping them stay in darkness. Because every time that an unbeliever, a sinner, looks at any of us and sees us pretend and act false, they say, well, there ain't nothing to that Christianity stuff. Look at that. They just bought a big bunch of put-ons, big bunch of hypocrites. And we don't have to do it because God is answering prayer. Amen. We are having miracles. We, are ha we don't have to make up anything. Amen. We don't have to pretend we know when we don't. We can shout about what, what we do know. Give glory to God for what is happening. We've got plenty to shout about without making stuff up. You know, I've had preachers supposedly telling me testimonies, telling me things that happened in their church. And while they're saying it, the Holy Ghost said, that ain't true. 
You just knew in your heart. They're just stretching it. They're just lying. Why? Why would people do that? They want to impress you. Right? Somebody said, I'm not doing that. John 5. Man, I've got to hurry up. John 5. Verse 31. Jesus said, If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. If I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. John 7 says, He that speaks of himself seeks his own glory. One way you can identify hypocrisy is people talking about their self. If you're a true witness, you don't talk about yourself all the time, what you've done, what you know, where you've been, how much you've given. You just, you just don't talk about it. Let God uh, honor you and don't honor yourself. Can you say amen? amen. I, years ago, I was teaching in the school. I was teaching classes and prayer school and, and healing school and going out on the weekend. There were some weeks I spoke 25 times in a week. That's really too much. But I was young and <laughs> I'm going for it. And uh, I was, I had spoken, I don't know how many times that week, and laid hands on hundreds of people and prayed I don't know how long, and then I run and got on a plane, and I'm going to somewhere to have a meeting that night. And, uh, and Phyllis wasn't with me on that trip. Usually she was, but I happened to sit beside a lady, and I could tell by the time I sit down that she's a Christian. She had all her paraphernalia there. <laughs> and uh, she, well, that's all right. I mean, I, I, but I could just tell. And, uh, and I could also tell she had probably been to a big meeting that I knew was going on in town. And so she asked me not too long into the flight, are you a Christian? I said, yeah. And that's all I said. And, and she said, do you go to church? And I said, yeah, and told her where. She said, well, do you work in, in the parking lot or the Sunday school? And I said, no. Do you work with the kids? I said, no. She went on, she must have named a half a dozen things. You know, do you do this? And I said, no. She said, well, you need to be involved. Because, <laughs> see, uh, their whole conference, I think, had been on get involved, you know. And it's amazing how people don't realize you're the one that was there. God was talking to you. And they think, well, now you go find somebody. And tell them what you heard in the conference. No, you need to do, you need to do what you heard in the conference. And I mean, bless her heart, she actually began to rebuke me. And, she, you know, about, well, you, you don't do this. And, I, and just so happened, all the things she named, I didn't do. But I didn't tell her that I did do the music every Wednesday night and I did do prayer school every day and I did do healing school every day and I was teaching seven courses and I was going out to uh, preach a, a meeting, weekend meeting in my spare time. <laughs> so why didn't you tell her? Why would I have told her? Did you hear me? Why would I have told her? So I didn't tell her. I just let her go. I just smiled and said, yeah, people need to be involved. Why don't you get involved? Well, maybe I will get involved some more, I said. <laughs> Why didn't you tell her? 
You were a preacher. Why didn't you tell? Why would I need to? For one thing, it's going to make her feel really dumb. <laughs> Why make her feel dumb today? She's probably got plenty of other things that's going <laughs> to give her a problem for if she don't make some adjustments, you know. <laughs> I just smiled and said, yeah, people do need to be involved. How many know what I'm talking about? Well, what's, what's the other side of that? People that immediately sit down and say, you know what I've done this week? Hmm? You know what I've done? You know what we've done? What we've seen? And, and every time you see them, they're wanting to tell you how much they prayed and how much they read the Bible and how many people they've ministered to and how much money they've given. They're hypocrites. Did you hear me? And their witness is not true. Jesus said, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. John 7 said, if you speak of yourself, you're seeking your own glory and not God's glory. Aren't you glad we're having so much fun this morning? <laughs> Finally, Matthew 7. Thank you, Lord. If you don't like this message, come back another time. And the message may be completely different. <laughs> Give us another chance. Matthew 7. Verse 1. Let's go over what we've already talked about. Hypocrisy does things to be seen and noticed of people. It, it talks of itself. It does things to impress other people. Never try to impress people. Just be impressive. Hmm? It's a lot, people will be a lot more impressed if they find out things about you on their own rather than you tell them. Glad y'all like that. Matthew 7, verse 1. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. Why beholdest thou the mote that's in your brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that's in your own eye? What would that be? It would be hypocrisy. How will you say to your brother, let me get that moat out of your eye, and behold, a two-by-four is in your eye, a beam. What's verse 5? Huh? You hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of your own eye, and then you can see clearly to cast out the moat out of your brother's eye. Hypocrisy is judgmental. I said hypocrisy is just, and this is one of the things the world despises the church for and has lost confidence in messengers and the message because they'll see somebody get up and just absolutely hang people over the fires of hell for doing certain things and then it comes out they were doing them all along. Well, all that proves is that they're human. And can fail and make mistakes just like anybody else. But at the same time, there's no reason and excuse to be a hypocrite. Right? right? right. Yeah, I believe that preachers order. But they ain't just preachers. People. They ain't two different set of rules for preachers and Christians and laity. Right? 
And you watch sometimes when people are so hard and harsh with other people about a thing, it's because they got a problem in that area. Because if you really had victory in that area and you had overcome temptation in that area, then you know it wasn't easy. And you know it was just by the help of God. And so you're going to talk that way to other people. And all of us have made mistakes, right? Maybe it wasn't a mistake in the same area, but the principle's the same. But hypocrites are judgmental. Judging. Always, you know, always ready to tell you what you're doing wrong. You know, it's amazing. You, you start a church or you start a ministry and people will line up to tell you how you're doing it wrong. And they haven't done it. They're not doing it. But they want to tell you. And Christians, you know, be, be careful about, about your friends and, and acquaintances on the job and, and, and your family members about finding fault with anything in their life. Because so many times you say, well, you know, well, they're, they're drinking too much. Well, they're, they're smoking dope. Well, they're doing this. Well, they're living with somebody. A lot of times that is not the biggest problem. And you harping on it. And then them see that you're making mistakes in your life. They'll just say, well, ain't nothing to that God stuff. Look at them. They ain't got no victory in their life. No. The, the thing is about them getting to God. And you get close to God and you love God and you get full of God, your life will begin to clean up. Instead of preaching against everything that somebody might be having a problem with in their life. I I was flying on another time and and I sat down beside a man and he was drunk virtually. They kept bringing him drinks. (laughs) And he was cussing and he was carrying on. Now I got two, two... Ways I can go. I can get haughty and holier than thou. Say, I'm a preacher. Can't use the Lord's name in vain around me. Well, I guess he could if he wanted to. (laughs) But would that help him? Eventually, I just sat there, smiled at him when he looked at me. He was just out of his head. And... uh, smelled and and finally he said well what do you do mister I told him he said huh (laughs) he kind of pushed his drink over to the side there he looked down he said you know my mama raised me better than this and I could tell he was waiting on me to jump on him He's waiting on me to say, yeah, you sorry rascal, you know better what's wrong with you. That's condemnation. That's judging. Why, why do that? And he was, he was making a big issue about a word or words that he had used and things that he was said and about how much he had drunk. And I finally looked at him and I said, I said that's not the deal. He's, he looked at me. I said, uh, The thing that's helped me most in life is that I found out you can know God just like you know a friend, just like you know a family member. And he got quiet and he listened for the rest of the flight. I didn't try to push any doctrine on him. I didn't try to force him to pray. I wanted him to see there's a reality in God. 
Amen. And that this is not really the problem. Can you say amen? Amen. People need to know that there's truth in this book. There's truth in you. There's real love in you. Amen. Amen. And when people see true witnesses, it delivers souls. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's believe God to deliver us from every vestige of hypocrisy and falseness and put on. God is real. He's in us. We're going to be real. He's going to be real and people are going to see the reality of God in us. Can you say amen? Amen. Close your eyes. Let me pray over you this morning. Father, we thank you so much for your word, for your goodness, for your faithfulness. How kind you are. How long-suffering and patient you've been. Say this out loud with me. Forgive me, Lord. For any and all hypocrisy. Any fakeness, falseness, forgive me. Help me to see it and realize it. Anything that is not genuine, that is not sincere, that is not true, that is not real, help me to see it and I will push it away. I'll cut it off. I'll not yield to it. I'll not talk it. Thank you for reality. Help us to truly show your goodness, to be true witnesses. Let me, my family, this church family, be a witness, a true witness to the truth and the goodness of God. In Jesus' name, praise God.